The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. And next, we're also brought to you by PixWise. PixWise is the number one app for free sports betting picks, props, and parlays. Download the free PixWise app now to make your next bet better. And next, we're also brought to you by OddsCrowd. Are you the best football better in the United States? OddsCrowd challenges you to prove it with their free-to-play fantasy betting contest. OddsCrowd gives away hundreds of dollars in weekly contests, including the $100 SGPN exclusive free roll contest, which, of course, you can only find on OddsCrowd. And speaking of things you can only find, you can only find the SGPN app in the Google Play Store or the Apple Store, so make sure you download that as soon as possible because it is your home for all of our free picks and podcasts and news. Get it right in the palm of your hand. That's the SGPN app. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 74. Um, I'll dedicate it to 1974 because apparently that's the greatest year ever to be born in. I I wouldn't know myself, haha, <laughs> someone told me that. So yeah, 1974 um, is who this who, I guess what, the year, I guess it's not a who, but 1974 is who this episode's going out to, I guess it's a who. Um, who am I, you may ask? I am Jeff Fox, your host, and I'm doing a fantastic job doing this introduction for this awesome podcast. You may know me from sportsgamblingpodcast.com, obviously. Um, also, I run the MMA website, mma-manifesto.com. Um, if I sound a little rough, I'm just getting over a cold. Um, but luckily, my associate co-host doesn't let me speak very much anyhow so i should be able to make it through the uh, the episode uh, with no issues at all as soon as i introduce him he'll have a bunch of things to talk about like his plus 155 underdog that he hit last night so who would that person be that i'm speaking of that host of mine it would be i think we're calling him right now the prettiest purple belt around uh, the the man that was uh raised by uh, not wolves bears in the woods wild woods of New England. It would be Daniel Gumby, Barney Gumble of Reland. You know, it's it's wild that we're going with, and I granted it, it was definitely the line when we talked about it, plus one fifty five. But Nate Manish closed at a buck eighty. He oh yeah, he, he consistently yeah the line kept moving like money was coming in like crazy on uh, on Tony Gravely and uh, yeah thanks to me yeah. thanks to me in my oh, articles obviously. And they, yeah, so they were stupidly following you, and they could have just been following me, uh, and just took the money that way. Um, and it's pronounced um, "manus" as in "anus." I, I, <laughs> it really is. That's what uh, Brendan, whoever was doing the uh, doing the, uh, it was Brendan that was doing it last night. Yeah, Brendan um, Fitzgerald. Yeah, like okay, I'm gonna have to rem- got to remember that. It reminds me with "anus," which which works out well because I do not like him now because he made me lose to you. Well, well, shout out first of all to to. Uh, 
Brendan Fitzgerald because he recently followed me on Twitter. So I'm, Whoa, I'm apparently big time now. I'm apparently big time now. But uh, yeah, also that's good to know because you definitely will never forget somebody whose name rhymes with a piece of the anatomy because that's pretty much right in your wheelhouse and probably the only way you'll say people's names correctly. It's a, it's a fu- <laughs> it's not just a, a piece. It's a funny piece of the anatomy. <laughs> One of the funniest, you could say, possibly. I'd say probably the funniest, especially when you give it that name. So is Brendan Fitzgerald, uh, who's your most famous follow on Twitter, Dan? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I think I'm followed, if I remember correctly, by the guy from Cash Cab, Ben Bailey, the comedian. <laughs> you, I don't know you think that's, that's more that's famous? Like, then Brendan Fitzgerald, probably. Yeah, I guess. A lot of people watch Cash Cab. Do, do you have Cash Cab in Canada? Uh, no. I've heard of it, I think. Though, yeah. It was it was kind of a big deal around here. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. My uh, Dan Hardy follows me on Twitter. I guess he's more famous than Brendan Fitzgerald. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, probably a dozen fighters that I've interviewed, but I can't remember which one's do and which one's don't. So we'll go with Dan Hardy. Dan Hardy's a good one. Chuck D follows me from Public Enemy. What do you think of that? Really? Yeah. Yes. Amazing, right? Is he a big he MMA follows, guy or is he a big I know, I basketball guy? It probably was basketball, I'm guessing, but he's. I think he follows like 100 million people, so I, I don't feel too uh, special about it. Um, but yeah, we, uh, other than the, the anus pick, and <laughs> we we did all right last night, I guess. Like, our, I, I think we can say our hot streaks, our heat is still alive. There's a caveat there. We, we lost both lost a little bit of money, Dan a little bit less than I did. Um, because of the aforementioned Nate the anus manus, but um, we were both went eight and five, so I, I think that I think we can safely say that the heater's alive. We'll, we'll just forget about the money aspect. Yeah, I would say so. Eight and five is a good night. Um, yeah, sixty-two percent. It would have felt a lot better at nine and four uh, in that main event, looking even a shred differently than it did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah we'll we'll get into all that obviously, but break down where where we whiffed on things but yeah um so that means um i'm sure most people tune in for me to do math on on air which i do almost every week so let's let's see how dan's been doing the past few weeks uh we'll, we'll do some on air math like usual 15 and 7 23 and 11 31 and 15 41 and 18 dan that's i'll allow it run. i'll allow it you'll allow that yeah that's, yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's a good one that's very good. And what am I? Not as good. I am 76, 14, and 11, 23, and 14, 31, and 15, 39, and 20. So I'm almost there. So we're, we're, we're on a heater still, folks. We're still on Dan's blazing hot, like 70% almost. It's crazy. But like I said, we did lose a bit, a bit of money. Let's, let's actually get into um, breaking down that event because we have a jam-packed episode. I know sometimes I say that as a joke, but we actually do. We're going to break down all of Smith versus Fan, maybe talk about the key happenings at Bellator because there was the most UL Romero moment of all time. Uh, one of a, a classic, like, couldn't be more UL Romero event happened last night, so we've got to mm-hmm. talk about that. And then we'll have to give you our picks for the contender series coming up on Tuesday. So Sundays are going to not just going to be a recap show. It's going to be a recap and a betting guide show. So you got to like that. But first WinBet, of course, our sponsors. Are you ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing these seven to win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, 
whatever that is. Uh, WNBA College Football and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet for boosted parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport. We have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download bet win. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Hang on. I'm going to cough off mic. <coughs> the kid goes back to school. He immediately gets a cold. My wife gets a cold, and now I have the cold. So you know what that means, Dan? I, I, I mean, what does that mean beyond having a cold? Or It means masks don't work. <laughs> Stop the lockdowns. That's what it, you're, you're on board for that, right? No more masks, no more lockdowns, right? I, I, I don't mind the masks. They have, they have amped <laughs> them back up in Massachusetts currently, and uh, they – I'll just put it this way. They don't bother me, so – No, they don't bother me either, but um, – it's it just shows how gross kids are. Like he wears a mask to school all day, and yet he still somehow gets a cold, brings a cold home. It just shows like yeah, that that that's pretty par for the course. Kids are pretty gross. Yes. Kids <laughs> are gross. That that's the, that could be a good name for this this episode. Dan, I'm gonna write that down in my little notes here, kids. I thought I thought are, this was already gonna be the anus episode. Like oh, it's, yeah. it's not gonna be that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't I don't want to get us flagged or anything. We'll have to see. Um, <laughs> All right, Smith versus Span. Uh, we went eight and five. It was we we had to do all the work and break down fifteen fights, and then we ended up only getting fourteen fights, and only thirteen of them actually had a decisive winner to it. So we lost. Who do we lose? We uh, we lost a couple of new uh, new people, right? Um, it was supposed to be Jim Miller, Nicholas Mota, and then Miller got that COVID thing. So Cameron Van Camp came in, and then one of them got hurt. Which one got hurt? Do you know, one of them got hurt, and they pulled out. Van Camp. Van Camp pulled okay. out. Yep. So basically everybody uh, hashtag fears Nicholas Malta, basically. He had two people back out on him. Uh, I I would say no. Uh, <laughs> although I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I saw that he had beaten somebody who did fight on that show back on the regional circuit, but I can't remember anymore. So. And then Maybe uh, people are scared of him. Maybe. Dan, I'm sure, isn't, because Dan's not scared of Bartosz Fabinski. So. Um, <laughs> and then we had a fight go to a draw. Um, thank God for, for the uh, no-nonsense Keith Peter, referee Keith Peterson taking the point away from Haley Alatang. Um, so we ended up not losing any money on picking Gustavo Lopez to beat him. That ended up being a draw after Alatang lost a point for repeatedly grabbing the fence, but he pretty much was outclassing Lopez most of that fight. Yeah, I, I agree. I will say the the cage grab was warned like seven times. And yeah, in that's, addition, that's in very addition, annoying. Yeah, and in addition to it being warned like seven times, then like the grab was so gratuitous that it like literally could have changed the complexion of the fight because Gustavo Lopez is pretty skilled on the mat. So, you know, hey, like good for him for actually – good for him for actually calling it because like legit that, that – could have changed the fight, and so he made it change the fight. Yeah, it's but it's wild how many times you can cheat. I know I've gone through this before, but you can cheat so many times with nothing happening. Like, why doesn't everyone just cheat? Like, you yeah, can I repeat. Know. Like, you know, you're not allowed to eye poke. You're not allowed to hit in the crotch. You're not allowed to grab. Like, all these rules are told to you before, but yet you get warned, and then you may get a stern warning. Ooh, a stern warning, and then the Herb may... Dean final warning. Yeah, the Herb Dean final oh. warning is the funniest thing in sports because it's like uh, Herb Dean's final warning means you're about to get three or four more warnings. Like, <laughs> exactly. exactly. All right, so not to jump ahead, but that's why we only ended up with thirteen 
um, results because one fight fell off and then we had a draw. So main event, we whiffed on. Uh, boy, did we whiff on it. Um, Anthony Smith, not only did he mess up our pick of Ryan Spam, but he, he's messing up the narrative here. He's not supposed to be good anymore. He's not, <laughs> like, right? He's not supposed to be – like he's supposed to be a gatekeeper, but instead like he's taken it to heart and he's like padlocked the gate and no one's getting through it. Like he is the ultimate gatekeeper. No one is getting through him. Yeah, it's hard to call him a gatekeeper though when he is like legitimately a top five light heavyweight, right? Like that—that that is a really high ranking for a dude yeah. who is a quote-unquote gatekeeper, right? Like we think of gatekeepers as like I don't know, Demian Maya was a gatekeeper for a while, chilling right around number nine and ten in the division, or Andre Arlovsky was fourteen or fifteen, and he was kind of the guy to let you into the the elite class, so to speak. But, like, Anthony Smith, is there anybody in this division who you wouldn't give him a serious chance against? Uh, and I'm not, saying I, I'm not saying I would pick him – I would pick him to beat, like, you know, Yuri Prohoshka, or I wouldn't pick him to beat – you know, I, I don't even think I would pick him to beat Alexander Rachic in that – or the rematch that they're for some reason talking about, which is confusing as hell to me. But, like, I, I don't think I'd pick him in either of those, but – I would at least give him a decent chance. Like, he's in no way, shape, or form would be a plus 200 underdog against even the champ, even against Jan Blankovic. I bet you he'd be less than a plus 200 underdog. And it's, yeah, listen to this over the last three fights, all first-round stoppages, submission, Devin Clark, TKO, Jimmy Crute, submission, Ryan Spann, like three up-and-coming dudes. He sets them all back with uh, under five minutes, or Jimmy Crute it was right at the five-minute mark at the end of the round. Yeah, that that one was a weird one too. Yeah. I, I'm not I'm not sure how much credit I'm ready to give him for like. I mean, granted, he did lay, land the one kick in the perfect spot that does that to your foot and gives Jimmy Crute drop foot, but it, it's not like one where I'm like, man, he looked dominant. Whereas last night he legitimately looked very very dominant against Ryan Spann. And while we like with on this pick, I think we did give a little bit of credit to the idea that like. Anthony Smith needs to grapple in that fight, right? Because we didn't think he was going to hang on the feet. He did hang yeah. on the feet. We were a little right. bit wrong about that. But the the ground game ultimately He was rocking him. Yeah, but the ground game ultimately is where he's been getting most of the things. I mean, that's where he got Devin Clark out of there too. So um, who will talk about Devin Clark? Yeah. Poor Devin Clark in a second. Um, but, yeah, like uh, impressive performance by him. Asked, it brings up a whole bunch of freaking questions about what the hell do you do with a guy like Anthony Smith next? But uh, he's he's never in a super boring fight except for the one they're trying to rebook right now. <laughs> yeah, I know it's strange. Alexander Rakic was already like, yeah, here you lost him, and it was a very very boring fight. But yeah, it's and he's not even Anthony Smith's only thirty three. I'm just looking at his age, like wow, it's only thirty three, but he's fought fifty two times. That's the thing. It's crazy, and he's never. <laughs> And he's always been a journeyman, basically, until, like, he went on that run and got got a title shot. And I, I, I assumed, okay, that's going to be the end then. That's the end of his nice run. And pretty much he was. He beat Awash Gustafsson after losing to Jones. Um, but then he lost to Glover. He lost to Rakic. So you're thinking, okay, this is the end. But then he's reeled off those three prospect wins that, that I just mentioned. It's it's um, baffling. Um, what to make of Ryan Spann? He... I, I, we were kind of hyping him up, like saying he was five one and stuff. He like he's still very much a work in progress. Um, did not look very good um, last night, that's for sure. And now he's what five and two, which isn't no shame in that game. But um, it's not like he's the most skilled 
um, smoothest guy in the cage. But like I said, he's what thirty? I think we decided on. I think we decided that's how old he is. And uh, what, what do you think of his future? I mean, I think it's still bright. That that's thirty is still pretty young for that division. So, man, like I, I don't, I'm not ready to write him off. But I, I kind of have him right now in that same kind of that same kind of run as somebody like Jamal Hill, where. Yeah. It seems like he has a bright future, but do, do you have the faith that he's going to, like, figure everything out and put it all together and, and become that elite guy? I don't really, right? So, like, he's got all of the potential. He's got all the physical attributes. He's got certain skills that play up really well, but there's just enough that makes you feel like, yeah, I don't know that this will ever happen for him. Um, which, like I said, is, is kind of how I feel about Jamal Hill. Um, no offense to Jamal Hill. But, um, yeah, like it's a little upsetting for Span. But, uh, hey, we'll, I mean, I'm sure we'll see him back in there probably against somebody like Jamal Hill. And he's and he's out of the right camp, right, Dan? He's always out of the right camp. That's part <laughs> of why we picked him. Uh, and it didn't, uh, didn't work out at all. <laughs> nope. Fortis let us down. Um, how about the light heavyweight co-main event? Uh, we got this one right. Jan Kudalaba. Um, overwhelmed Devin Clark, which is how we predicted it. But we were thinking it would be in possibly an early stoppage. Um, but instead, he laid it on him for for three rounds. Um, 30-26, Oh, uh, Smith won via submission rear naked choke first round three forty seven for those keeping track at home. Yeah, this one was a whitewash by Jan Kudalaba. Takeaways from this one are Devin Clark's teeth and Devin Clark's dad. So apparently, Devin Clark. So I just just read about this a second ago. Apparently there isn't anything wrong with Devin Clark's uh, teeth. I like to argue that there is, but go ahead. <laughs> so here's, here's the counterpoint to that. Cause I, this is just what I heard as well. It, and again, I have no idea how credible this source is, but somebody said, there's nothing wrong with his teeth. It's all the bones in his jaw that are broken. That make oh, his teeth look like that. Beautiful. So he has, yeah, that is 40 times grosser. I think. Yeah. That his teeth are fine and they're still shaped like that. So, uh, yeah, I got to imagine it's going to be a while before we see Devin Clark again. We're talking, uh, we're talking jaw wired shut kind of deal for him, most likely. Um, do you have pictures of his teeth on your phone, Dan? I don't, but I did. Not yet. I well, I will say I saved one, sent it, but then deleted it because I was like, I just can't. This is even too gross for me. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So if if you if y'all want to see it, you can just Google Devin Clark's teeth. I'm sure. Um, yeah, this pretty much played out like, like we expected it, right? Yeah, yeah, Kudalaba, super aggressive, got the job done the way that you would imagine him to. I will say, I am baffled that two judges get, gave Devin Clark any of those rounds. Like, how? Oh, yeah, right, yeah. How, how did he win a round of that fight? And, yeah. like, pick which one you thought he won? Well, he didn't die. I guess that's – maybe they gave him credit for that. Yeah, that that is a – that is a – wild choice that he won rounds in that so I will say uh yeah played out like we thought it would and Kudalaba doing some mauling he his he lasted longer than I thought he would being able to turn up that kind of pressure so props yeah, to that's scary yeah. for that's scary for future opponents if if he can keep that pace up yeah I uh, agreed but again he's got some holes too it, it's oh, just yeah, like, yeah. they're the type of holes that Devin Clark is just not the right person to exploit him right like Devin Clark does a really good job wrestling that's not Kudalaba's holes, like range striking. I mean, like Kudalaba got outstruck from a distance by Magomed Ankaliyev, who is like not known as a striker. 
and he knocked him out twice that way. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think Kunalaba is still maybe like – I wouldn't worry about him and lose sleep about him if I was a top five light heavyweight. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he still poses a lot of problems for a lot of people. And everybody's got holes at lead heavyweight, so. That's um, really true. <laughs> I don't, has Devin Clark's dad always cornered him? Because I don't remember that insane roar, um, except for last night's fight. He, Did I just he had, before her? Yeah, sometimes he shouts other things, too. But, like, yeah, he's he's, he's always loud. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's why the refs uh, gave one round to Devin Clark. Maybe the dad yelled at them. <laughs> could, could have been, because he sounded pretty scary. Um. Let's see if my voice allows me to tell you about PropSwap. We are brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Go and check out the new PropSwap.com, which is packed with fresh features like filtering tickets based on value to find the best odds available, browse the activity feed to stay in the know, loyalty rewards program that turns sales into extra cash, and much more. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will match it up to $500. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. When making your bets, always make sure to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team or a player so you can sell one for profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. Thousands of buyers across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. We're also brought to you by Keeps. Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. Convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. You don't have to leave your home. Low-cost treatments start at just $10 per month, and Keeps offers generic versions, discrete packaging, and proven results. Keeps has more than five-star reviews than any of its competitors. Prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so act fast. If you're ready to make to take action to prevent hair loss, go to K-E-E-P-S dot com slash SGP to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash SGP to Get your first month free. One more time. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash S-G-P. Shall we move on? What do we got? We got Ariana Lipsky. Let's talk about Ariana Lipsky. Um, as we predicted, beating Manny Bohm. 30-27, 30-27, Yeah, I mean, like, for me, this one was, uh, if, and I don't mean to be mean about this, too, but if anybody was picking Mandy Bohm in this fight, I think I said it when I, I locked in, Lipsky is my lock, yes. which by this the way, Dan's lock. lock. Yes, yeah, we both lock. had our locks, and yep. she she looked real good. I, I think I said this. I, anybody who was picking Bohm here was picking her on a basis of like the fact that she was a hyped newcomer and fighting somebody who we've seen have holes, but like not thinking at all about the stylistic matchup because what Mandy Bohm does really well, and she does do it really well. I, I'm not taking anything away from her. Is she strikes from distance and she works in the clinch. That is 100% the fight that Lipsky was going to want here, right? Like, Lipsky doesn't want you to take her down. Lipsky doesn't want to, you know, I guess I guess I'm just very surprised that anybody thought that Bohm was going to beat Lipsky at her own game. But apparently many people did because she was only – we got Lipsky for what, minus 120? I'm not sure if it changed at all uh, close to the fight, but we got her at a good number. I think they had on the broadcast negative 125, so barely any movement, and I think – if I'm not mistaken, Lipsky opened as a much bigger um, favorite. So, like, I, I think people were on Bohm on this fight at the start, and then, like, some people realized maybe Lipsky is a, a better play here. But, like, 
it's just crazy to me because like it was very clearly people wanted the newcomer to be really good and didn't think about the stylistic matchup in this one. And, and Lipsky was always going to be faster and better in the clinch here. Yep. And the newcomer was very inexperienced also. So, yeah. Um, all right. Um, oh, I, sh- I should mention also Anthony Smith did get a bonus for his, for his submission victory. Uh, there was four bonuses. We'll I'll let you know as we hit the others. Here's another one right here. As a matter of fact, Armin Tzurukian, um TKO'd Christos Yagos. In just over two minutes, um, Armin Sarukian is a scary man, and we had him at minus 800, so we made a big 12.50 off that. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm actually surprised he got the finish, though. Um, that, that hasn't been nope. the way he's operated lately. Like, he's gotten decisions pretty much since he started in the UFC, and uh, it's kind of crazy to see him get uh, a stoppage and to do so so dominantly, but this is like why people were hyped on him when he came to the UFC is because he had these types of fights. Um, so to see him finally do it over a quality opponent, because pe- people were talking about Chris Desiagos not being a quality opponent, the dude had won four out of five. Like I feel like that that gets slept on a lot when, when we were talking about Chris Desiagos' name. Um, but yeah, Sarukian being able to to not just put a beating on him, but put it on him and get him out of there quick. Um, very deserving of the performance of the night award. I'm I'm glad they gave him one. This was basically one of the only meaningful um, fights of the night, other than I guess the main event, kind of. Not really based on who won though, but since Saruki won, you know, it's propels him even higher to the top. Which, as they mentioned, will make it even harder for him to find an opponent. Who do you want to match him up with next? Um, I said I'd really like to see him fight Gregor Gillespie. I think that that would be fun stylistically. Yep. Uh, both pretty good wrestlers in there. Um, I, I think Sarukian probably has a little bit of a striking advantage, but I'm not sure that he has, like, um, you know, with wrestling, I think it's probably pretty close, but I, I think it would be interesting to see what the submission game looks like for both of them in there because I think Gillespie might have the advantage there. It's all, it'd all be really close for two guys who are probably just barely out of, outside the UFC's top ten. Um, or right at 10. So I, I think that would probably be a really interesting fight. I'd like to see those two fight. But, like, really, him versus any of those other guys who are just kind of chilling on the edge of the top 15, the Brad Riddells, Rafael Fiziev's, um, Demiris Mulugulov's, uh, like, like any any of those guys would be fun to see him fight, too. We'll, we'll take him fighting anyone. Just um, someone, maybe, yeah. actually, it may be easier for him if he gets a better number, uh, as in the ranking number beside his name, then maybe more people will be willing to to step up. I'd actually like to see, so there are some rumors uh, that Dan Hooker may not be able to make it to the fight next week. He's supposedly yep. meeting with um, the, the American Embassy right now in New Zealand, and he thinks he can get a flight on Thursday, be there early for Friday, weigh in the same day, and then fight the next day. So he'd be, like, cutting weight on a plane, uh, is my understanding. If for some reason that gets canceled, it would be a great move to just have Armand Sakurian just, like, waiting in the wings to beat the piss out of Nasra Hakparas. No offense to Nasra Hakparas, but, like, man, like, what a cool way that would be to, like, bump his stock up, right? Because that's the thing yep. is if he does something crazy like that, people will want to try to take the shine off that name. Right now he doesn't have a lot of popularity because he's beating guys named Christos Kiagos, which, no offense, but just doesn't carry the same weight as somebody else. But you beat two of those type of guys in, like, seven days' time, uh, people talk. 
This is the no no offense episode. I think Dan's uh, <laughs> you, you're trying to well, backtrack you, after you badmouth everybody. Well, you you I said no offense a couple of times, and you said somebody's name was Anus. So we, I feel true. like we level and, each other out pretty well. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, that's true. That's why this works. Um, all right, this fight I got wrong. I it was going well though. Tony Tony Gravely was was uh, piecing up Nate the Anus Manus uh, before getting TKO'd in the second round. Um, where did I whiff here, Dan? Or did you ju- did you just get lucky on this? I mean, I think to some extent I got lucky because when I was rewatching the end of that first round, like it did look like he ten more seconds there and Gravely probably finishes that fight. Um, yeah. But the other thing I will say is that like. When I broke this down, I said Gravely is a big, muscly guy, and he fades quickly. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I even wrote an article about why he would fade quickly. Um, some of what I said was because he would attempt 20 takedown attempts and probably only get three of them, which he didn't. He actually was a little bit lighter in the takedowns than I thought he would be, and maybe it's because he knew he would fail against Manis, who has quite a good wrestling background. Um, but, like, he's still kind of tired in that second round. Like, even just pouring it on for those five to ten seconds he was trying to finish him at the end of round one seemed to it didn't completely take the wind out of his sails but it seemed to take some of the wind out of Tony Gravely's sails and Manis just cruised in the next round so um I think the only thing you could qualify as a riff or a whiff here is maybe just not recognizing that that Manis's cardio and and now we know his chin is infinitely better than Tony Gravely's uh, and once again, it's manus as an anus, Dan. Not manus. <laughs> <laughs> you keep forgetting you're gonna, it. You're <laughs> gonna you're gonna milk you're gonna milk uh, getting a name right better than me for <laughs> all true. it's worth, huh? <laughs> it's true. And he he got the bonus, Mister Manus. Um, got the bonus there. And then uh, to start off the night, uh, the main portion of the night, another bonus winner, Joaquin Buckley, KO'd Antonio Arroyo. We both saw that coming, but it took him three rounds to do so. Yeah, maybe a little surprising on how long it took, but that dude hit so freaking hard. And not yep. just – the thing is, too, is, like, a lot of people were high on him because of the Mpaksangane, uh spinning kick. Um, yep. Then he gets knocked out, and people, like, fluctuate real fast because fans are fickle. But the thing is, is, like, he has always been a really good boxer. He had, like, a really fun boxing match with uh, with Kevin Holland, uh, who notably is, is only good at striking. So, um yeah, like Joaquin Buckley, fun guy to watch. Uh, again, I think there's enough holes in his game that we can't be too, too excited about this performance. I mean, Antonio Arroyo is, what, 0-3 now in the UFC? So, yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, like, nice, nice, exciting win. Enjoy your 50K, but uh, it is pretty much what it is. So we got four finishes out of six on the main card. Not too shabby at all. All right, well, we'll zip through the prelims, and we'll uh, move on to our next subject. But first... Let me tell you about PicksWise. PicksWise is the number one app for sports betting picks, helmed by a team of trend-watching, data-devouring sports fanatics, giving you the who, how, and why behind every prediction for every game, every day, and every sport. Loaded with best bets, props, and parlays, you can find in-depth analysis on every game, all for free. Found your pick, search the latest sportsbook promotions to sign up an account, compare the odds, and finally place your bet. Download the free PicksWise app now to make your next bet better. PicksWise backs responsible gambling. Gambling problem? Call one 800 Gambler. Also, we're brought to you by Prize Picks. Turn your picks into real cash with Prize Picks, my favorite daily fantasy app. It's fast and it's easy, and it all starts with Prize Picks. Typically, pick two to five players and decide if they will go over or under their stat projection. 
The more players you pick, the more money you can win. Up to 10 times your money. Price picks is the only way I play. So let, let's t- I'll tell you how the power play option works. 20 bucks, you hit three uh, three player picks. If you hit hit all three of them, you win 100 bucks. So let's go with like Dan. How did your picks go today? Let's see Dan's baseball picks for Sunday Night Baseball. Well, they're they're happening live right now. It's happening so, live. I don't so think I, anyone. I will say I'll, I really like Gene Segura tonight for the Phillies. He, um, yeah, he, he, he's got one hit so far. So usually it's one and a half. You have to get at least one and a half hits plus walks. So you, you might be on pace for that one. So I think he's probably on pace for that one. Um, on the on the Mets side. I did have a whole bunch of people who don't have hits. Um, I had Michael Conforto, who's got a walk, so we'll, we'll go, go with him, him with him with one. And I still, I'm gonna say I still have faith in Jeff McNeil. Jeff McNeil's gonna give me two today, so we'll say if we went the over on Conforto, McNeil, and Gene Segura, tell the ladies and gentlemen what you would get paid if all three of those overs hit. If you want to put twenty bucks in the line, you win a hundred. How's that for a power play option? It's amazing. Plus, use promo code SGP to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So it's price picks, promo code SGP. All right. The uh, prelims. We'll rip those quickly. I got this one right. Dan got this one wrong. Ha ha. Tefan and Shukwi is still big and muscly, but he has cardio now, too. And he decisioned Mike Rodriguez over. He, he uh, actually skunked him on the board three rounds to none. Yeah, I think this was an oversight on my part in realizing how much better this dude looks at light heavyweight. For the love yeah, of God, yeah. never let this bastard go back to middleweight. If anybody, any coach who tells that guy going back to middleweight is a good idea is wrong. Um, I will say, though, I was pretty confident that Mike Rodriguez wouldn't get knocked out. That, that's why I thought he was going to outpoint Tapon. Yeah. But with that being said, like – it's always important to note that, like, going up a weight class sometimes uh, fixes a lot of those cardio issues, and it 100% did here for Tavon. He looks like the prospect we people kind of thought he was, so um, that's exciting, I guess. And normally when guys go up a weight and they have success, they immediately talk about going back down to weight. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> Hopefully that's not the case here. Um, we got this one wrong. Penny Kayanzad. Got bored to death and lost uh, 29-28 to Raquel Pennington. Just it played out the way we you said it would with uh, Pennington clinching up against the cage, but Kayanza did not do enough. In actually, the whole fight was that there wasn't an, enough uh, enough other other portions of the fight for her to uh, win it in the judges' eyes. Yeah, it was always going to be could Pennington stay at distance long enough to win enough of those moments that the moment she was squished against the cage wouldn't matter. And she did for one round, um, so yeah. it was a close one. But, uh, yeah, ultimately, you know, Raquel Pennington, it's weird uh, to, to that everybody had kind of written her off as, like, she's gone. But, like, but look at her last few fights. She's got a win over Panikian Zod, Marion Renault, and Irene Aldana. And she's, you know, those are three wins in her last four. In between all there, there's a loss to Holly Holm. And before that, her two back-to-back losses were losses to Jermaine Durandamy and Amanda Nunes. So, like, she's only fighting the best women in this division, and anybody who isn't numbers one, two, or three, she's dispatching. And, and I mean, if you want to peel it back one more than that, she's got to win over Misha Tate before Misha retired. But, yeah. like, she, she's had a really decent run right now. She's And, like I said, she only loses to the absolute elite ones in this division. Would you say she's a gatekeeper then, perhaps? She's probably the right one for that. But then again, yeah. most of Bantamweight is just gatekeepers. Yeah. <laughs> like no yeah. like 
Holly Holm is going to get a title shot again soon, and it's mostly just because she's such a good gatekeeper that, like, they just keep having to give her title shots. Jermaine yeah. Durandamy is not all that far from being exactly that as well. Um, and she yeah, just doesn't fight ever. Yeah, she she fights less often than Holly Holm. She's not willing to take a fight every couple minutes. And so, like, Penny Kianza, or uh, Raquel Pennington, rather, is, like, she kind of fits in that mold of those women of, of just being kind of the women who are going to keep turning these young, more fun contenders away. Um, and yeah, that's what she did here to Panny. Yep. Uh, speaking of young up and comers, Zhu Rong first, uh, he cheated and missed weight, uh, but then he also beat last minute whirling dervish replacement Brandon Jenkins. Uh, yeah, Jenkins does spin a lot. Like you said, yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I was going to count his spins and I just like, I, I can't keep up. So he was spinning a lot. He's got, um, this is also a night of uh, ugly tattoos, even more than usual in a sport with a lot of ugly tattoos. There was a lot of interesting tattoos. Um, regardless, Zurong looked pretty good. He TKO'd Jenkins with what, 25 seconds left. Yeah, he felt in this fight a lot like everybody thought he was going to feel in his debut, um, where he wound up not looking so good. So th- it, it's really good to see that maybe that was just ring rust or something like that, or um, yeah. octagon jitters, or whatever you want to call them today. Um, but, like, yeah, like, it, it's probably good that it it was one of those things, because it's, it's nice to have a, a young prospect also from, you know, a place that doesn't have very many young prospects in China. So... Um, yeah, I, I'm excited to see him fight again because, yeah, it was pretty much nonstop action between those two. Yep. Uh, Montel Jackson beat back a very game J.P. Bays, uh, three rounds to none. Um, Bays moved up to Bantamweight for this fight. Um, hopefully he doesn't get cut because he took a short notice in an upper weight class. But, yeah, Jackson looked good. Uh, Bays looked uh, I guess he didn't really look good. He, he got rocked a lot. He, he's game though, and he's tough. I, I was impressed in the grappling exchanges in the first. Yeah, like I, I think yeah. I, I think if you're gonna say that JP Bays did or did not look good, you have to point to that first round and be like, that dude fought up a weight class versus a guy who who probably shouldn't be a bantamweight, right? Like Montel Jackson is yeah. a big ass bantamweight, so it was like it was like watching a featherweight fight a flyweight, and not only did he he survived in there for the whole fight. Um, but also when he was doing that, he, he had his moments in the grappling exchanges early on. So props to him for that. And yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I hope they give him at least one more down at flyweight. Cause I think, uh, I think he deserves it. Uh, eight inch reach, um, really came through for Jackson. He was lighting him up with, with jabs and he played what he knocked him out four times. I think, I think he broke the record. They said for bantamweight uh, knockdowns in a fight. So, it shows how um, good Jackson's striking is. It also shows how tough Bays is because that means he got up each each of those times the fight was not stopped. Um, Aaron Blanchfield, wow, what a debut for her in women's flyweight uh, over Sarah Alper, 30-25, 30-25, 30-26. she despite being a jiu-jitsu prodigy, she, her striking was on point. She like lit Alper up, and Alper's got one of those faces that really – damages easily and boy she uh she whooped her in this fight she she landed 170 strikes in a 15 minute fight that is a really truly insane number um and and yeah like like you said her her striking looked good you got to feel good about her striking but i have to say the grappling looked superb um 30 25 yeah, no surprise. 30-25 scorecards are not something you see very often. No. Um, 
but they were well deserved. I actually saw a couple of media scores on MMA decisions. I can't remember if it was more than one, but I, I'm, there's one guy in particular I'm thinking of who had it 30-24, and I think it's defensible. Like, 30-24 would have been a fine scorecard, too. 30-26 yeah. is almost a joke. Like, she really beat her better than that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, props are in, at 22 years old, clearly ironing out the striking portions of her game. you got to imagine this is a top five to a top ten woman in, in the next two or three years, right? Yeah, hopefully they don't rush her too much. We're talking like another shallow uh, talent pool here, women's flyweight. Um, and they don't always seem to make good matchmaking decisions when it comes to women's fighters. So watch, she'll be fighting some top-ranked uh, 25-year-old fighter next instead of like uh, taking on some, some people on their way down. Yeah, like don't give her like Alexa Grasso or, yes, exactly. or Montana De La Rosa. Yep. You know, and actually, you know, I'm going to withdraw that last criticism because, like, this is going to sound terrible because we've talked about how Miranda Maverick was complaining that the matchmaking is terrible. And it's clearly that, like, they're just matching up the young women. And there's, like, a weird middle ground of, like, kind of older women, the Roxanne Matafari, Jessica Ives, the Arruyo class yep. that's just chilling in the middle. But I'll say this. Would you not really enjoy watching Aaron Blanchfield, Montana De La Rosa? That style yeah, match sure. is so good. Like, I would yeah. watch that today. Um, yeah. But, yeah, um, sadly, they will match her up with somebody exactly like that. And uh, yeah. But, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to see whoever they, fight, they put her with, though. Um, shockingly, that was the first fight we got right uh, on the night. Uh, things did not start off too well for us. Oh, that was my lock pick, by the way. So we both hit our locks. I'm uh, for locks. I'm 14 and nine. Dan's 11 and 12 now. Both down money uh, in the lock department. Yeah, we did not do so hot on the first few fights. Uh, Carlson Harris TKO'd in Kasanganang in uh, two and a half minutes. Thoughts on that one? Harris looked good. Uh, yeah, I would just say um, I actually think technically, from a striking standpoint, if you're like breaking down what he was doing, cutting angles and and what he, how he was trying to throw those punches and things. He, I don't think he's technically better than Impa Kasangane in the striking department, but he does hit really fucking hard. Um, so while we, like, weren't on his striking and we were like, oh, Carlson Harris, mostly a grappler, is going to need this on the mat, he does seem to have, like, a, a good enough punch at welterweight to have, like, a puncher's chance on the feet. So even if he doesn't get it to his realm... He's still really good, um, or still has a chance against even guys like Iba Kasangane. So um, he's worth keeping an eye on, I think, for that reason alone, is that it's like he's really good in this one facet, but, like, the other facet's not polished, but still, like, sharp enough or heavy enough um, to, like, get him by. So how do we whiff on this one? Um, we didn't whiff at many, but uh, how do we get this one wrong? I think this one is mostly, like, I, I trusted the technique of Impa Kasangane to keep him safe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, like, if you look back at his other fights, Impa Kasangane doesn't put himself in a position to be hit. You know, like he'd been finished one time in his whole life, and it was a spinning mule kick from Joaquin Buckley up a weight class from where he is now. So, like, yeah, how much can you say that that's his fault? Like, nobody has ever thrown or landed that kick in an MMA fight. So, uh yeah, like, I, I just had a lot of faith to keep himself safe, uh, mostly from the submissions. And, and also, I didn't think Harrison had the, you know, way of cutting off the cage or the angles to really light up Impa. But, like, he's reckless enough that he was able to. Um, and I think that paid off for him. So, I would say not a 
bad read necessarily, but just like maybe underestimating a little bit of how hard Carlston Harris hits. Yep, that's true. Uh, and then we already talked about Lopez Alatang. We would have whiffed on that one if, if it wasn't for um, no-nonsense Keith Peterson. And then uh, we whiffed on the opener, women's flyweight. Hannah Goldie submitted em- Emily Whitmire, which I guess we kind of could have predicted since that's the only way Whitmire loses. Um, what are your thoughts? Where do, where do we go wrong here, Dan? It just took her minute, four minutes, 17 seconds to win this fight. I mean, I just thought that that Hannah Goldie didn't have the subs off of her back um, yep. in order to do it, and I was wrong. Uh, Emily, I was like, Emily Wittenmeyer is going to be the one grappling on the top. She's going to have the dominant position all the time. She's going to be the one working harder in those departments, and she was all those things, and it just fucking didn't matter. So, uh, there you go. yeah, um, shout out for Hannah Goldie getting probably a uh, career-saving uh, submission, but, uh, yep. I, I'm, I mean, like, you can't leave that fight feeling good about Hannah Goldie. Like, even if you bet on Hannah Goldie there and you're like, ha ha, my pick landed, you can't feel good about watching what she did. Um, so you shouldn't, shouldn't enjoy your plus money is what you're saying? I mean, you can, you can, you should always enjoy money. I'm a the firm believer of that. Like, regardless of, of how you got it, you should, you should love money. But, uh, I would say I would not be running out to dump money on Hannah Goldie no matter who they match her with next. Yeah, no, that's true. So that puts a bow on it. A pretty fun night of fights. Um, so we both went 8-5, and five, like I said. On the year, I'm at 57%, inching closer to that 60% rate. Dan is at 54 Uh He's lost $500 less than I have, though. So he's got that. Look at, that. Look at the money lead there. The money lead, no kidding. You know, another good way to save your money, Dan, you, using Mint Mobile is a good way to save your money. After years of fine print contracts and being ripped off by big wireless providers, if we learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after speaking with them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. By cutting out retail stores, there's no crazy overhead costs that get passed down to you in the form of mystery fees. Instead, Mint just passes on sweet savings direct to you. For people looking for extra savings, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash sport SGP. That's mintmobile.com slash sport SGP. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash sport Sorry, sport, S-P-O-R-T-S-G-P. We are also brought to you by Odds Crowd. Are you the best football better in the U.S.? The folks at Odds Crowd are challenging you to prove it this football season with their epic free-to-play fantasy betting contests. Each week of the season, there's $350 NFL contest and a $250 contest. Boys here at SGPN, they're all taking part, so you can try to claim bragging rights over us, too. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you track your bets against real odds and lines, much like you would with any pick tracking app, the most profitable players rise up to the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And OddsCrowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors. Free to download. You can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private fantasy contests with your buddies, and much more. 
So download the app for free or go to oddscrowd.com today. And if we're talking about downloading apps, make sure you download our app, the SGPN app. We're live in the App Store and Google Play Store. Make sure you download it. Give us an app review. Um, when you're on the app, you'll see you get notifications for when pods drop. Uh, you get easy access to all our picks, all our podcasts, all our different offers from sportsbooks, everything you need. So make sure you get the SGPN app today. Should we quickly talk Bellator? Did you get a chance to see any of the Bellator nonsense last night? It's always nonsense with Bellator. I I caught uh, replays and Twitter highlights, but I didn't okay. watch anything live. Um, no, I didn't yeah. either. I, I, I watched the main event, but um, I watched it on – we get it for free up here on YouTube because they don't have a TV deal here. Cause Bellator's <laughs> minor, minor league, so I just watched it on YouTube after the fact. But that is the – this is the most on-brand UL Romero thing ever. <laughs> just he, just he not knowing how many rounds yes, he signed up for. First, <laughs> he, does, he, he does nothing nothing in the fight, which is totally uh, UL Romero He was going to do style. something in the fifth, fourth and fifth. Yeah. Like, cut then, black. He was going to go for it. And then when the fight's over, he's mad that it's not two more rounds. Oh, man. Like, like he doesn't know that he's not in the UFC anymore. <laughs> and right before, at the starting of the third round, <laughs> the ref says, third and final round, are you ready? And he says yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, is that believable or what? Does I mean, he really I not know? It. I believe Does it. His cor- did his corner not know, too? Like, doesn't he fight at top, American Top Team or somewhere reputable like that, doesn't he? Or maybe not. Maybe not top I, team. I don't remember where he trains. Um, what a what a just a glorious thing though. It's like everything. Yeah, you, it's everything you want out of like a. That, I mean, do that that grand, that light heavyweight Grand Prix, which granted both of these guys have fallen out of it, is like in such weird shambles and like very yeah. hilariously weird shambles because like they maybe wanted Yoel Romero in the finals, and now yep. now we're talking about there's a title fight between. Nemkov and Julius Angelikis in the semifinals, who wasn't even in the tournament. It's uh, yes. it's just so perfect. <laughs> yes, because serial domestic abuser Anthony Rumble Johnson has some mysterious illness. So yeah, he seems to be pretty sick. Um, yes, but domestic abuser, but you should also mention credit card fraud as well, because he's oh he yeah, also, that's right, yeah. He also yes. was found during his last fight to have committed yes. He is, yeah, all around good, good fellow. This is so Bellator, everything we're saying here. But that was like, that was such a Romero thing. That's just like him sitting on the stool for too long against Tim Kennedy. It's the whole no gay Jesus uh, debacle where everyone thought you said no gay Jesus. You remember that one? Yeah, they no thought you said no gay Jesus. No gay Jesus. <laughs> and uh, what, like, it's always something with that guy. I love, I love him though. First, I like, and I love watching him fight, but I don't know why. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't do anything. love watching him fight. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to differ with you on that that piece. But uh, except he, when he does something, it's spectacular. But oh yeah, do like, his his fights with Robert Whitaker are are, are gold. They're they're like a lot yeah. of fun to watch. His fight with Israel Adesanya made us realize that he maybe doesn't do all that much unless somebody like Robert Whitaker forces him to. Um, yeah. So yeah, what a, what a treat. And fighting Phil, da- Phil Davis is not the guy who's going to make you do anything. No. Um, and yet, uh, another perfect MMA thing, someone gave Romero the fight. One of the judges gave him the fight. <laughs> it, was, it was clearly three rounds to none for Davis. Um, yet, one of the judges gave two rounds to one for Romero, which is another perfect a perfect MMA thing. Um, but I guess when you're both in there doing nothing, it's very – that's a very thin margin. You're like, if both fighters are barely doing anything in the cage and you're really, uh, you're, if you're Phil Davis, you're really 
running the risk of, of something like that happening, you losing a decision. He was doing a, a lot more yes. than the nothing that we were seeing out of Yoel Romero. Like, a lot yes. more. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, I, I get your point. Like, he should do more if he doesn't want that kind of shit. But, like, he also doesn't deserve that. He won that fight. Yes, he clearly won it. So, um, any thoughts on any, anything else worth mentioning last night? No. Absolutely. Good. <laughs> it's so it's so Bellator, so Bellator. All right, um, let's do some Dana White contender series, which is where the real money is being made. Um, with uh, at least with our the folks in the Slack, everyone is having uh, SGPN Slack. Make sure you jump in there if you're not already. Um, we have lots of fun with all different kinds of sports, but on the fights channel on there, people are loving Tuesday nights because everyone is making a killing off the. Dana White Tuesday Commander Series. Um, I I enjoy watching it, and I enjoy winning money on it. So there you go. All right, so we're coming up this Tuesday from the Apex, as per usual, back down to a four, uh, five fight, excuse me, card. I actually have stats and stuff this time actually prepared like I, like I uh, oh, should have wow. been. So, yeah. Uh, let's bang through this and see if Dan can get us more winners. You were, what, five and one last week, were you not? Five and one with one just like Amazing. long shot underdog that I missed on, right? Um, which I'm, right. I'm cutting myself slack on. Yeah, you hedged on that beforehand by making sure you pick both people in that fight. Yeah, I just pick. like the odds. I like the plus three under. I thought he had a better chance than that. But, well, hey. but that being said, still five and one, regardless of whether or not I did, uh, you know, a double dip there. I, I still think that's a good night. Hey, this is a, this is a gambling show. We give you the gambling pick, and sometimes it's not the same as who we think is going to win the fight. So if, I know it doesn't make sense, but I guess to, to you degenerates out there, it makes sense. So, um, all right, we're going to start off with lightweights: Jacob Rosales, Victor Martinez. Rosales is Lil Badger, so I maybe he's a rapper part time. Uh, Lil Badger, L I L. Is Lil Badger? It's Lil, yes, not Little Lil. Lil, Lil, Lil Badger. All right, Lil Badger. Any, any badgers up where you live, Dan? Uh, you grew I, up with badgers? I, don't, I don't think I grew up with any badgers. No, no badgers okay. or wolverines. Sometimes a weasel. Of a Wisconsin thing. Yeah, wolverines are a Michigan thing. Yeah, weasels, we get yeah. we get weasels in in yeah most mostly larger game. We get moose. Minutemen. <laughs> yeah, minute. Min- min- right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what. Uh, <laughs> although my college, we, we were the bison. Um, oh, which, you get, I'm pretty sure we you don't, don't have any of those. We, we don't have any of those, but that's what we no. want. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we got Lil Badger. He's going up against the Brick, Victor the Brick Martinez. Um, I'll give you a – do you know stuff about both these guys before I do I, a breakdown? I do, I do know. Also, he, he goes by he goes by Vic, which is why that nickname is Vic better. Vic the Brick, yeah. Vic the Brick Martinez is way better. Victor the Brick to... Martinez is not fun. <laughs> no. How about Victor the Brickter? That would be better. Victor the Brickter Martinez. I don't Maybe, you know. That would not If be you better. interview him sometime, can you mention that? I will I will offer it up as a possibility. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, we'll break down him first. He's 12-4 and four with eight knockouts. He's won six straight fights. Two straight via TKO, but he's not fought since December of 2019. Do you know why, Dan? I don't. Nope, not off the top yeah, of my head. Who knows? With the pandemic and stuff, who knows? Um, plus 135 is a comeback on him. The Lil Badger is 13-6 and six with five knockouts, two submissions. He won his last fight. He So he's on a one-fight winning streak. He also was on the Contender Series before where he lost. Uh, do you remember who he lost to? I can't yeah, he lost to Jonathan Pierce, uh, yes, who actually fights this upcoming weekend. There you go. Uh, he was three. He's been three and zero in Bellator, which is pretty impressive. Uh, even though it's kind of hit and miss with the matchmaking there. 
Um, three inches taller, four years younger, minus 150. All right, break her down. I actually like Victor Brick Martinez in this one. Um, at oh, yeah. the plus 135 underdog, we're kicking off with an underdog nice. right away. Mostly because if you watch these guys, both of them just kind of let loose on the feet. They're not afraid of eating a punch to take one or to give one back out. Um, they, they, neither of them like going to the ground, really. They, they just really want to just stand in the pocket and throw haymakers, which is probably why the UFC was smart enough to book them together. The difference is Vic can just kind of take a punch. He's, like, pretty damn good at taking a punch. Rosales got knocked out by Jonathan Pierce, who notoriously is kind of a grappler. Um, yeah. So, like, I don't know how much I trust his chin. I also think if you look at a lot of Vic's knockouts, he I think he hits harder than Rosales does in the first place. So we got one with kind of a questionable chin, one with harder hands, and you're going to put him in a basically a rock'em sock'em robot match. And uh, so I'm always going to take the guy with the more knockout power in there and the, not the guy who's got the more questionable chin. A small, smaller cage, too. Uh, should be, maybe not... Is is the Apex cage like what are cage sizes in the regional scene? Do you know that? I mean, they're all different. There are some yeah. that are really truly tiny, um, like even smaller than the Apex cage. I would say yeah. this though, for these two, the size of the cage won't matter because nobody's okay. taking a step back anyway. Like th- that matters if you're going to be the advancing guy who's trying to cut the cage off, or if you're the guy who wants to wrestle and the other guy wants to strike from distance. These guys both want to stand four feet apart from each other and just wing them. Um, so like nobody's going anywhere. And, uh, so I think ultimately the cage probably won't come into play in here, but yes, you're right. It is the smaller cage. All right. So I, yeah, I'll definitely got to go with Victor, the Brichter with, uh, eight knockouts and 12, 12 wins. That's very impressive. Plus two straight TKOs. So, all right. Plus money there, folks. A lot of times though, um, people tell me on Slack after we drop this, like the odds that, um, we told them are no longer the odds anymore. They seem to change very quickly on fights, uh, on these fights. Um, flyweights. So basically what I'm saying is make sure you subscribe to MMA gambling podcast feeds. So you get these podcasts immediately instead of having to wait for it to go out on SGPN's feed. So there you go. Uh, flyweight Santo Curatolo versus Clayton. I assume it's Rodriguez. I assume he's Brazilian and it's not Rodriguez. It is Rodriguez. But, 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 like but is it, but isn't Gregory Rodriguez Rodriguez? Yeah, that's true. And he's yeah, Brazilian. He so I'm going to go with Rodriguez because I've never heard a Rodriguez. Rodriguez sounds so much better though. Dude. I've never heard a Rodriguez though. All right, fine. You have now. I just said it. Um, all right. Uh, Curatolo, no nickname. Rodriguez nickname is his initials. KR, boo to both of them. Uh, you know both these guys or not? I do, yes. All right. Curatolo, six and one with five knockouts, one submission. So everything's a finish for this man. He got a knockout win his last fight. He's at plus 110. Rodriguez, you can call him KR if you like. He's six and one with four knockouts, one submission. Never been finished in a fight. He's won five straight fights. His last win was way back in October of 2019, though, a sub win. He's three inches taller, minus 120 coming back on him. I don't have um, reach discrepancies for any of these fighters because um, – that info isn't available for, for enough of them. So I'm just telling you heights and ages at this point. So who you got in this one, Mr. Gumbo Vreeland? I think I like Rodriguez in this one. Um, first Rodriguez. I was, I was, I'm not going to say Rodriguez. Um, <laughs> I was not going to take Rodriguez in this fight initially because uh, Curatolo, for those who don't know, is a short notice replacement. Um, oh, originally I didn't this know was, that. Yeah, originally this was supposed to be a guy named Jake Hadley, which um, for those of you who don't know, he goes by the nickname White Kong, so he 100% would have won um, the nickname battle. <laughs> um, and, 
But he is. And that's such an American name, too. Jake Hadley. Uh, he's British. Um, what? Yeah. What? Yeah, Jake Hadley uh, from oh, Birmingham, so England. He wrong was with my ca- stereotypes. He Ouch. was the Cage Warriors uh, flyweight champion. Uh, was supposed oh, to be in this okay. one. Couldn't get a visa. Had to drop out. He would have demolished Clinton Rodriguez, I think. Um, but instead, I'm going to pick Clinton Rodriguez here. Mostly because... While he hasn't fought for a while due to injuries and the pandemic and stuff, he's going to fight this guy who's kind of like a Greco-Roman wrestler. Um, and when you think about Greco-Roman in, in MMA, it's like not double legs. It's all clinch takedowns and stuff like that. He's fighting a guy who's like a very dynamic, diverse striker with tons of knockout power. And I just – I don't know. I don't think that he's going to be able to get in on body lock takedowns without eating an ass ton of punches and getting knocked out. So – um, and, and not, you know, worth noting here, Curatolo has recently been knocked out too. Um, he was knocked out. He, I mean, he's only on a one fight winning streak right now, I believe. Yeah. And he was knocked out in late 2020. Um, so like it, it's cap- he's very capable of being knocked out and he's going to be up against a guy who punches really freaking hard and with all kinds of crazy, like kicks to the body and legs and stuff like that. I expect Rodriguez to just kind of put on a, uh, striking clinic. What's with all the knockouts from flyweights? It's wild. Every, every both guys five out of six for Kiratolo and four out of six for Rodriguez. Yeah, and they in in it is they're like real deal knockouts too. At least for you know I haven't seen a lot of Kiratolos, not a lot of film out there on him. But the Rodriguez ones are like they're like real deal knockouts. They're not like TKOs from ground and pound with the guy just like belly down and we're gonna call it a TKO. And he he was really still conscious. He like separates people out from their consciousness and. Uh, he, he's a lot of fun to watch. I, I would say if there's uh, a match here to circle for a guy you certainly don't want to miss just, like, throwing punches, it, it's probably watching Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Um, <laughs> moving on. I, that would be amazing if, if they do say Rodriguez when it, when it comes to fight I fully uh, I fully expect a bunch of, bunch of tweets aimed at me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, featherweight, Stephen Nguyen versus Theo Rolaya. Rel- it's R and then an L. How do you pronounce R and an L? Is I believe it's Relang. I, I Relang, but Relang. I would also just quickly mention to you that you also messed up the easier of the two last names, Nguyen. which is it's Stephen Wynn. Uh, you say that last name, oh, yeah, Wynn, like, like, yeah, like, I know that. Like W I N. Winbet.com? Yeah, like, like Winbet, our, our sponsor. Yeah. It's Stephen you, you Winbet. Know, you know both these guys? Uh, yeah, Stephen Wynn is a guy who is on the Contender Series already. So uh, I know him from that end. Guess where he trains? <laughs> uh, Fortis MMA? Yeah, he's a Fortis MMA guy. Nice. And he, he's the ninja, and Relang is the jungle king. He's also the underdog here. He's 5-0 and with three knockouts and one submission. He won via submission his last fight. He's a year younger. He used to usually fights at lightweight. This one will be down at featherweight. He's at plus 190. As for Ninja Man, he's uh, 7-1 with three knockouts, three submissions. He won via KO his last fight. He lo- his lone loss was on the Contender Series. Who did he lose to? Alon Cruz. Okay, yes. And what else can I tell you? He's four inches taller, minus 200. Uh, I'm guessing you're going with Win. I am going with Win. I will say this. Um, you know, like I, I mentioned the loss to Alon Cruz. Alon Cruz hasn't even really fared all that well in the UFC, but I actually thought... Win was probably around a piece against Cruz at that time. Um, when Cruz landed this like funky flying knee that landed and knocked Win out, um, you know, like I thought, I thought Win might actually be winning, and it was a super exciting fight. So I don't put too much stock in that. And he's fighting a guy who 
uh, Theo Rylang is like he throws a whole bunch of leg and body kicks, um, but he he seems to just kind of throw one of them and not too much else. And just I, I think just like the naked body kick all the time is probably going to get caught by win, probably even tripped by win. Rylang has some submission wins, but like not really against opponents who have decent submission defense. So I'd like. I don't particularly think he's a really great threat on the ground either. You know, like, all of his opponents are, like, 3-11 and 11 or 5-7. and seven. And, like, Wynn's fought some, like, legit dudes. So I, I kind of expect Wynn here to just be the more polished, better striker and just, just go in there and do what he needs to do to pick up a win. Wynn will win? I, I'm picking Wynn to win. And then we'll say Wynn won? Wynn win won, and you may have won on Wynn using WinBet. There you go. W-Y-N-N-Bet.com. <laughs> Promo code SGP, I'm assuming. Uh, Walter Waits, Michael Morales, versus Nikolay Veritenikov. Um, no you nickname. nailed that one, by the way. Yeah, Veritenikov is, yeah. It, it looks easy, but like sometimes sometimes when there's too many syllables, you still botch That's it. That's true. <laughs> Let's go to the underdog first. Morales, 11-0, nine, nine knockouts, one submission, eight straight finishes, 10 years younger. Yet, all, despite all that, he's the plus 190 dog here. Uh, Veritenikov, 9-3 with seven knockouts, eight straight wins. TKO win in his last fight, which was against UFC vet Anthony Ivey. He's an uh, inch taller, minus 210. I'm, uh, I- I'm going to pretty easily here take Veritenikov. Um, I-, I think he's a pretty safe play um, because not only did he recently knock out Anthony Ivey with some, some knees to the body and some uh, follow-up punches, he also beat Steve Jones, who I, I think probably and not a lot of people have heard the name Steve Jones, but earlier this year he fought in LFA against Steve the Average Jones, um, who had a crazy good run in LFA in uh, this other promotion that I had watched a bunch of called AKA, which is also sometimes known as Rite of Passage. He's a really fun striker and really tough, uh, and Veritenikov had kind of no problems with him, which was sort of shocking. Um, he's on a great run. He also beat Charlie on Tiveros with knees to the body during that run, who then also became a UFC fighter. He was one in three to kick off his career, and he finds himself now at nine and three. The thing about him too that I really like is that um, you know Morales here or Morales rather, not Morales. Morales throws really wide, kind of rangy punches and like just kind of wings it, and he's gonna get returned on him just like perfect one-twos right down the pipe. Everything Veritanikov throws is super straight. And if Morales keeps coming forward at like a crazy rate, he'll wind up in the clinch. And Veritanikov has incredible judo throws, which you don't see too much anymore, but he uses like a lot of like hip toss judo throws. Um, I don't know the technical name for judo throws. I know they all have, have Japanese names that I certainly can't say or remember, but he uses a whole bunch of hip throws from like a judo style that give him a whole lot of time in top control. And I think a lot of time in top control against Morales is probably going to be enough here for him to win this fight. There you go. Dan said it's an easy, safe pick. So put all your money down on it, folks. All of your savings, uh, your kid's education money, uh, your mortgage if you have to. Put it all down on that, uh, on this pick. Uh, right, Dan? Um, I, I maybe, maybe not all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Save a little bit? Okay, fine. Uh, middleweight main event, Hashim Arkhaga. 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 Both, both his names are Hashim should be Hashim. 
And yeah, regardless, that's who's fighting. He's fighting AJ Dobson, uh, whose nickname is AJ. I can't remember what it, what's his first name. Do you remember or not? No idea. Yeah, no idea. Something starts with an A. Um, and he's fighting against uh, Arkega is Kavaka. I don't know what that means in English. So we'll just move on. Um, a, the A stands for Athlone. Oh, Athlone Dobson, of course. I, I should have guessed that immediately. Uh, that's what my, my son, who is sometimes called AJ, his first name is Athlone also, obviously. Um, all right, uh, Dob, Athlone is 5-0 and with one no contest, three knockouts, one submission. He's won two straight uh, fights via finish. Three years younger, plus 120. Uh, Arkega is 6-0 with four knockouts, two submissions. Everything's a finish with this guy. Three straight knockouts. He last fought a year ago, September 2020. He's at minus 130. Are these guys worthy of the main event slot here? I uh, I actually don't think so. I, I I will say this. This is one of the weaker episodes of the Contender Series we've seen so far. There, there's been a lot of episodes where you're like, ooh, that's a guy, right? Like, that's a that's a dude who's going to do some damage. I mean, like, last week we talked about it with Jelton Jr. I think he's a legitimate top 15 light heavyweight without having him seen a single – UFC fight so far. Doesn't um, he have a he, fight booked already too? Or yeah, not? he does already have a fight book with somebody who I saw he was probably going to murder too. Um, I'll get you the the precise name in just a moment. Um, <laughs> and the other guy from last week has a actually two more of the guys the the flyweight with the quick knees CJ yep. uh, Vergara and um, the Russian guy whose name I'm never going to remember because Albert Durav. Oh yeah, and and he's got a fight booked with yep. um, the Italian. Uh, guy Alessio DiCirico. Um yeah, and it looks guy. like and it looks like Jelton Jr. is going to be fighting Danilo Marquez, um, right. fresh off of his win over uh, Daniel. Or uh, he just beat Mike Mar. Oh no, he beat Mike Rodriguez, but then lost to Kennedy Zuchuku. Um But yeah, like he's fighting a, a decent guy too. So I, I would say these guys not at that level. Um, the thing about these guys is that like they both feel kind of like Mo Miller did in that they're like young in their career and clearly have some flaws. The big biggest flaw of the two for me though is Arcaga is seems like he just puts so much energy into everything he does early in the fight and he looks absolutely exhausted. I, I watched one of his fights all the way through. He picked up a knockout like four and a half minutes in or something like that. Two and a half minutes in, he was notably tired. Like, notably tired, like mouth open, hands down kind of tired. Uh. And, for, and for me, when you pair that against a guy like Dobson, who who does a really good job of turning up the pressure, um, he's also not afraid to throw it, but he's, he's got a great cardio base. I, I just, as a result, I don't see a, a huge bunch differentiating between the two. But you take a guy who's tires pretty easily, you put him in the highest profile fight of his life in the biggest stage of his life. I kind of imagine he's going to hit an adrenaline dump here. Dobson is just going to take over like two minutes into this fight, and it's going to be all Dobson. And the fact that you can get Dobson at plus money for me is is good enough to 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 really sway the end of that. We got two dogs, so we're starting in uh, bookend dogs here: the opener and the main event. Any props, parlays, anything like that you want to do? I don't think so. I was trying to no. think of whether or not I really like a finish on any of these guys. And I, I would yeah. just say I don't. Again, this is not one of those ones where I feel like I have uh, a really big, good feeling about anyone. I guess if I was going to put a prop in, um, the fight between Jacob Rosales and Victor Martinez, I would say just doesn't go to decision. Um, okay. 
Like that, and I, I don't think I'd even feel great about just picking Victor Martinez by knockout. Like I'm picking him straight up, but I wouldn't want to put that extra caveat on it. So I, I would take that fight goes to this or doesn't go to decision. But apart from that, I, I'm probably staying away from a lot of this because there's just not a lot of guys I feel passionate about on this this week. Next week, on the other hand, we get to week five. Oh, we're going to be talking about week five. Oh, look out. So is there a fighter to watch this week that people should watch? I mean, I, I think Rodriguez is just the one to watch yeah. just because of – for pure entertainment value. But and uh, see how they pronounce his name. And, and to see whether or not they say Rodriguez. <laughs> Obviously. Um, you definitely are going to want to watch next weekend because we have the massive USC 266 coming up, which will be the topic of our next podcast on Wednesday. We will Wednesday night we will recap um, where Dan went right and hopefully he didn't go wrong with any of those picks he just gave you for the contender series. And we'll break down the massive UFC 266. This is one of the best cards you're probably ever gonna ever gonna see, or at least recently. You got two title fights, Volkanovski. Versus Ortega for the featherweight belt, Shevchenko versus Dan's favorite Lauren Murphy for the flyweight, women's flyweight. Then we got Nick Diaz's return against Robbie Lawler, rematch. What, 17 years in the making or something like that, isn't it? Yeah, 17 years. Wild. Curtis Blades, Jarzinho Rosenstrike, Jessica Andrade, Sylvia, Cynthia rather Calvillo. That's a pretty amazing main card. And then there's amazing fights for the prelims too. So this is uh, quite the stat card that they're getting in the T-Mobile Arena on Saturday night. Yeah, it's for sure going to be a good one. There, there's going to be no boring fights. Is is it going to be? Have you made any of your picks yet? Is it is it going to be an easy one? I haven't done any research yet. Is it going to be easy for us to pick these fights? You think or not? So I think my standard is I just fly through and see how many um, people I would just pick. Like I already know I'm going to pick. Yeah. Um, and then like the, then I leave blank a whole bunch that I'm going to have to you know like watch a little bit of film before I make a pick or yeah. You know, stuff like that. But there was, I would say, I want to say there were eight or nine who I, like, had a pick for right away. And then there were a whole bunch that I had to think about. So that that leaves me with, like, four or five that I really have to think about. How often does the line uh, change? Does the line ever change your, your, your pick? Um, Not typically with the ones that I think of ahead of time. Um, yeah. if, I, if I pick ones ahead of time where I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, you know, I, I'll tip my hand here. I'm taking Matthew Samelisberger next week against Martin Sano. Martin yeah. Sano, uh, notoriously, uh, he's 4-2-1 and one in his career. He's making his oh, UFC boy. debut. He's coming off of a draw, and before that, the two losses on his career. He won his first four fights. His last, the last time Martin Sano had won a fight was in 2014 at Legacy Fighting 30, which an organization doesn't exist anymore. It combined... And to make LFA along with uh, whatever the other promotion was that did it, um, and RFA, it was RFA. RFA combined with Legacy, so it's an organization that didn't doesn't exist anymore. In 2014 was the last time he won, uh, and somehow he got a UFC contract, which is pretty obvious. Why? So, um, he's, he's not a late replacement, is he? He's not a late replacement. Do you want to know the really sad reason? He, he trains at the Nick Diaz Academy. All right. Speaking of Nick Diaz, he, he's got a win uh, more recently than Nick Diaz does. Nick, uh, Diaz hasn't won in, Nick Diaz hasn't won in 10 years, I think. Is it? So he hasn't won since He hasn't before, fought in like seven, and he hasn't, yeah, he I hasn't guess won in like 10. Yeah, yeah, he, hasn't yeah won, he hasn't won since he beat BJ Penn, right? Yeah, Nick Maximov is another Nick Diaz uh, trainee. Right. So 
Yeah, but he's a legit one. He was on Contender okay. Series and won on Contender Series up two weight classes on like three days' notice. Oh, uh, so he he's a legit prospect. But clearly Nick was able to get a couple of his buddies on the card. And so like I automatically picked Matthew Samelisberger, who I like in the first place. I could look tomorrow and see the line is negative 1,000, and it's still not going to change that pick. Okay. If yeah. I find that it's a nice line, it makes me feel extra good about it. But there ain't any line that would make me turn that pick around. So the <laughs> ones I pick straight up, and I know even before really digging into, the line can't really shake me on those. There you go. Um, we better not give you any more um, of our picks, or you won't have to listen to us Wednesday. So we're going to save the rest of it till then. Uh, in the meantime, read all our stuff on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Uh, we're going to s- start rolling out our NBA team previews starting tomorrow. Um, a different team every day up to s- starting the season, which means the season's only 30 days away. Um, we've got NFL stuff on there, obviously, every day, because um, NFL is what drives the ship. Um, MMA, Dan will have a write-up on all of the Contender Series fights. will be posted bright and early Monday morning or whenever I wake up and post it. Um, what else can I tell you? And if you just want MMA-specific stuff, go to MMA-Manifesto.com to read both of our stuff and enter our Pick'em Contest, which will be going up on Monday as well. And follow us on Twitter. Jeff Fox Writer, he's Gumby Vreeland. Um, I guess that's all I really have to tell you to do. Anything else I should tell him to do, Dan, or is that enough? No, you captured it all. Right, take us home. You haven't t- taken us home for a while, I don't think. <laughs> I'm Damon Gumby Vreeland. He is Juicy Jeff Fox. And we will catch you on Wednesday.